This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Oh, the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer, Steve Allman. And I'm the expert, Rob Holmes. Today, it's a very special day, and it's a very special episode of Oh, the Horror. It's Halloween, and we're taking a look at the Halloween franchise. That's right. It's Let's Talk Franchise. It's back. God, I don't. I really wish we didn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, this, really this is um, man. We watched all the Halloween movies. We watched every single Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah, we watched. We watched all of them. I don't. Think and in, we, in most I don't cases, think we should have that. It, I, we, it, we definitely so should. I, there, there, there was a reason that Let's Talk franchise was dormant for over a year, <laughs> and we realized while going through this why that was. Um, well, typically this is a show about spoilers and discussion, so if we recommend right. uh, a movie, we recommend you go see it. We don't recommend you do this. Uh, no, we, no, no, no. <laughs> well, no, no. I actually, would, whoa, whoa, hold on. I don't recommend you do this. I, I, I'll say that. I, I 100% recommend that everybody do this because it made me like the new one that much more. <laughs> I mean, sure. And I already uh, loved it. I already loved it. But it then took it to a whole a- new level. You can compare apples and rotten apples. Well, so they're not all bad. Like, it, the entire series is not atrocious. I think there are some decent ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, as he says, <laughs> chuckling. I mean, it, look, it, there's uh, the three main slashers that existed primarily in the 80s, right? So it was right. Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Yes, those uh, are the main three heavy hitters. Right, and my favorite was always Friday the 13th, followed by Nightmare on Elm Street, and then Halloween was, like, dead last, mainly because it just, the sequels after a while just get really, really bad, and so confusing when I was a kid. I was like, I don't know what's going, this isn't good. Um, but it is now the highest grossing slasher franchise of all time. And it really, I mean, we're talking almost half a billion dollars worldwide and counting uh, because of the new Halloween becoming the highest grossing slasher of all time. Right. It's uh, it's doing gangbusters since we've last recorded this. It's now, I think, approaching or p- surpassing $100 million oh, now. Oh, dude, no, no, no. It's already at like $130 million at this point. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's incredible. Just, that's just domestically. We're talking close to $200 million worldwide right now. Um, and that's a $10 million budget. It is by far the most successful individual film. Scream was that before, and this just destroyed it. Uh, but if you look at franchise, so that's about half a billion dollars. It will be about half a billion dollars just domestically by the time it finishes its run easily on that. And then the next closest was Nightmare on Elm Street. But, you know, with Nightmare on Elm Street, we're talking, you know, not... Um, a ton, like 370 million, or no, I'm sorry, Friday the 13th, second closest, 380, and then Nightmare on Elm Street, 370. Uh, but here's the thing. Both of those include Freddy vs. Jason, and that was like $80 million, so that's kind of a cheat on that because you're using it for both. So exactly. take that out of it, and for an entire franchise, Halloween is the most profitable, even though in my opinion it has some of the worst entries in slasher film history. It's, like, in, it's, in, in, in it's main slasher it's, film history, like, you know, popular slashers, because there are some god-awful slasher films, and I can't really say that they're the worst ever made, because I've seen some terrible things, but they're right. pretty bad. The, the bar is low, you know? I and, and so I think the kind of thing that when we get to, because we're talking about eight movies today, we're going to be talking about, uh, like, a span that goes from 1978 to 2002. Yeah, so we are, we are avoiding um, the Rob Zombie ones. Only due to the fact that that's going to be something uh, that I'll be talking about later in a different segment uh, about remakes and delving into those and the Platinum Dunes, the Platinum Dunes remakes. Um, so I'll be talking about that later 
this we're primarily going to focus on I, I guess what was considered the main timeline because this is the most arbitrary well we get we get iffy on h2o and resurrection um, well we we do but we don't because there's there are like seven or eight different ways that you can watch this series based on and this is including the entire series including the remakes and stuff because it's it's just so arbitrary so like if you were to look at this so most people if you're listening to this you've you we're we do spoilers so you've seen the series so you know that there's laurie strode jamie lloyd are your primary targets in these movies, right? Yes. Um, so you can watch it in different ways. Uh, you can end up watching the now canon uh, Halloween and then the new Halloween, so it's the 40-year gap, and that is now considered canon, and that uh, gets rid of every other film. Then you can go to uh, the other version, which is Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, and follow Laurie Strode and get what is considered the happy ending. Or you can get the terrible ending and yeah. follow it up with Halloween Resurrection. Uh, or Which, you can say, oh my you know God. what? Or you can say, you know what? I don't want to watch Michael Myers at all, but I want to see a Halloween film. Then you can watch Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. But then, if you're like, all right, I want to watch what the original canon was, you go Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, 5, and 6. And that ends up cutting that out because then you're following Jamie Lloyd with Halloween 4 and 5, uh, which is Daniel Harris playing the, that character, or you can watch the Cult of Thorn trilogy, which is four, five, and six, which is like where you find out Jason has been brainwashed by a cult as a child, and he and he's is like this chosen be... one by the stars or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it, well, the, the, the Cult of Thorn because the Thorn is a constellation, and he yeah. has to kill his family, and it's because of a sacrifice, and he's ordered to do this. And that's how it's supposed to go. It's very strange. It's Six, very, very and then, weird. And then you can watch, you know, the Rob Zombie series. So there's like eight different ways that you can watch the Halloween series as far as timelines or however you want to break it up. It, it just deviates in so many different ways. The soft reboots left and right. That Cult of Thorn trilogy just is extremely confusing and never makes sense unless you see the producer's cut. And right. then you find and out that the that was baby... The main... You find out that the baby, Jamie's baby, is Michael's. Like, he impregnates his own it's like, niece. It, I, it's I don't creepy, think it was man. directly said, or like, but it was, like, heavily implied that Michael's the father, which is insanely weird. Oh, and the because producer's cut, also- it's, it, it basically, like, it spells it out without directly showing it. Yeah, yeah, it's heavily implied, but without oh exactly God. saying it. It's insane. It's, it, it, this is incredible. So I, I think I think the best way that we're going to be presenting uh, mm-hmm. our, our talk about these movies overall, I guess, is in chronological order, G- just for the sake of like yeah. going down the path <clears throat> that this series has taken. I think uh, so. Without further, I think why don't we just why don't we just start at the beginning? Uh, because I think. Um, we get into like at least having the sort of like breath of fresh air, palate cleansing first movie. Uh, it is so simple. It is. Oh yeah, it's 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 a simple. It's movie. so 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 simple. It's the lowest um, budget of all the films, three hundred thousand dollars. It is the highest uh, grossing of the original series, except for well, I guess with inflation, it would be the highest H two O technically, but um, it it's a classic. You know, it's it's John Carpenter. It is. At his, at his John Carpenter best, you know. I mean, other than the thing, because but, I w- and also yeah. a, a very good uh, like bit of illusion. So I like I didn't I purely did not understand how many references to the original there were in this new one af- until oh, after yeah. seeing this one. But I also that there's also some foreshadowing into John Carpenter's own career because they're watching the thing from beyond on the TV mm-hmm. that he has yet to make. Yeah, uh, which is actually pretty crazy. Like he will then go on to remake and perfect that movie the thing um which is yeah. kind of crazy but it, i it, i think the whole the thing yeah the movie is a movie is just great man it's just a solid it's a solid well-made taut little horror thriller you know oh Slasher. yeah it's to me it's the it's the movie that kind of made carpenter carpenter it was it was his jaws to his spielberg it was yeah. his uh like it, it's it broke him it like broke him out as the director to watch for the time and Absolutely. uh yeah. It's um it, it's purely simple. Like Laurie Strode is just a a hapless teenage girl that is terrorized by 
uh, this killer that kills only, <laughs> like, a very small amount of people by comparison to the rest of this canon. Sure, uh, I mean, but, but the, the idea is... I mean, the idea was terrifying where it's, you know, suburban neighborhood back, you know, 15 years earlier, six-year-old Michael Myers murders his sister mm-hmm. and gets sent to an asylum. And he murders her on Halloween night, you know, and gets sent to this asylum. Dr. Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, uh, the late Donald Pleasance, um, who's in almost all of these movies in the original series, like one, two, four, five, and six. Uh, oh, man, and his character goes out so horribly at the end of his arc. Oh my god. It's it's ridiculous in anyway, we'll get to that. Producer's cut has it a little different. Sorry, I just I just needed I just needed to like, say that cuz I was like, damn, they really screwed over Loomis. Oh, they really do in that the way it was just hastily edited. But um mm. yeah, in this first one, Michael has uh, escaped. We find out and this is in every single movie. Donald Pleasance exists to tell you that Michael is evil. Uh, Michael is not a human anymore, but he is pure evil. And that he's going to kill again. People say, I don't believe you, whatever. And he goes, no, Michael is going to kill. You have to believe me. If they die, it's on you. And then people are like, okay, we will listen to you. And throughout the series, he gets crazier as he goes through. And his other purpose is to shoot Michael. And he shoots right. Michael he's, a lot. He's kind of like the he, he's the Captain Ahab kind of for yeah. uh, Michael Myers a little Michael bit. Michael Myers like is his white whale literally him. with the mask. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he shoots him. A lot, and then he talks about how he shot him, and people don't believe him. But he's like, "No, and I shot him." And he comes back, and he keeps coming back, and he tells him how he's he's pure evil. Evil doesn't die, or however he says it, because I I can't do a really good Donald Pleasance. But this is the first one of those because then it just continues in that route. But the way well, that it's done, it's it's masterful because it is directed by John Carpenter, and Carpenter and Hill put together an amazing script that is just very conversational. And very just, you know, you're seeing a regular suburban neighborhood and then one night just being terrorized by this, as they call them, the shape, this unknown Not entirely, not even entirely dialogue heavy or plot heavy, you might say. No, no, it's not really plot heavy at all. Like, get us from place to place. It's more so like, okay, he's here, deal with this. Oh, he stole. He stole this very. Some guy stole a very specific amount of uh, gardening and Halloween supplies. Maybe he's dangerous. Probably not. Oh well. We, like, uh, it's it's so simple and effective. Uh, very scary, of course. Um, iconic role for Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. You get so many iconic shots and imagery from, uh, like slasher. Now the lexicon of slasher movies. Um, it's like very little can already be said because the, there's beauty in its simplicity because there's yeah. not too many things to bog it down. There isn't like, it's a simple, it's a crazy guy in a mask killing people. In, in a William it. Shatner mask from Star Trek. I don't understand how that's a William Shatner mask. I, that it doesn't was, look a thing to me like William Shatner. Dude, half uh, of those things in, don't when you see them, but when you spray paint it something, you know, and it blends. But then nowadays, if you look at it, the mask has changed a ton over the years. I oh, think my the, God. By the time we get to Resurrection, it looks like a, like an anime cartoon of a mask. No, when we it, get like, to H, it, dude, when we get to H2O, there's like three different masks and oh a CGI mask. It is absolutely awful. We'll get to that one. Um, but, you know... Right off the bat, Halloween, I I love it. You know, I know that it's very simple. Some people want more out of a film nowadays, but I think it's very effective. No, it's it's quintessential seventies. You don't complicate things too much because no, and it, it kickstarted. Like, I mean, it was not the first slasher film, but it definitely kickstarted the slasher like you know revolution. Like everybody, all of a sudden, was we are going to make slasher films. Oh, uh, for sure. And then Friday the 13th really just put it into overdrive. But, yeah, so the first one, it's amazing. You know, it put Jamie Lee Curtis on the map, Donald Pleasance, like, awesome. Uh, Great character actor of a man. Uh, And and so we we get to Halloween 2, which is, I'm assuming, where we're going. And honestly, like, I dig Halloween 2. I do. (sighs) A lot of people don't, but I, I also do because I think it's a good continuation story. My issue with it... Is that it takes Lori from, I mean, by the end she fought back and was a survivor, but it kind of puts her out of action for most of the movie. Uh, well, and see, then, here's here's my thing about why I actually like it because, as successful and as popular and as iconic as Halloween was, 
the demand for a sequel I can obviously see is real. Absolutely. I feel like this is the best case scenario story-wise of how you can logically follow up Halloween 2 while still involving the key players from Halloween 1. And that's the uh, thing. You you know, you still had John Carpenter and Deborah Hill involved in the script. You had Rick Rosenthal directing. Um, and it was, it was, you know, it's good. It's fun. It's definitely upping the body count. It is a good continuation story of everything. We find out at this point that there is a reason that Michael is going after Laurie Strode, and that's because Laurie is actually his sister. Yes. The law, it, it was, he was, she kind of came out in between uh, while he was incarcerated. Right. And, uh, like, and that's kind of like what fueled him to escape and uh, kill again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also kind of brings to me, like, this is the first time that I sort of could identify. I'm like, oh, now this movie is about, like, the kills. Where you get yeah. to see interesting and creative ways for Michael to kill people. Like the needle in, like, the skull kind of a thing where he's, like, killing the uh, hospital attendants and stuff. Like, that started to get cr- more and more creative rather yeah. than, like, a guy just, like, stabbing people with a knife. Well, that was the early 80s. That was basically, you know, once Friday the 13th came out and then Friday the 13th Part 2 and you're seeing all these creative kills, everybody had to up the ante. And that's what it was. Exactly. It was what do we, what can we put on screen to pull people in? And then the same thing was you up the sex and that's what they did in the second one as well. Um, and the, Which felt they, a bit needless, but like... It, it's absolutely it, needless when you think about it now, but, you know, it... During the time when there's no internet or anything like that, this is the escapism for everything, you know? So you put that in there, too, because it gets butts in seats, and you want to get teenagers, you know, trying to get into to see R-rated films, and they sure. want to, you know, do that as well. So I, I get why they do it, because it's definitely – the profit margins are going to go up uh, exponentially. Um, and But Halloween 2, you know, as a whole is really good. I thought that when they hit the guy with the car, the uh, – the guy oh my who God! I, he was the guy who I think he was the one that they were trying to get Laurie to go out with, or someone. Was yeah, yeah, no, to go it was it was him. it was the guy that she had a crush on, and yeah, uh, he and just he picked the up, wrong time. Oh, oh my and God! It's and such he, it's such a great thing that they tie that in, but when he gets hit, it explodes against. It's a van. so funny. He gets so he gets obliterated. He, first of all, like comedically, just ran with a car and then round into a van that up, upon impact explodes. I mean, ups uh, the ante like crazy. And it, it, I mean, so that's, where, funny. that's where I'm just like, wow, all right. And this had like a two and a half million dollar budget. So they're like, all right, we're going to we're going to go crazy with it and really make this a, a fun film. Now, there are some issues with this when you get to the sequels, because in this film, Michael gets shot in the eyes, both of them. <laughs> and he's, yeah. bleed, you know, he's it's like blood tears pouring out of his mask. And then he gets blown up with Loomis in there at the end of it. And you're expecting, oh my well, God. all right, then they're they're dead. You see, you know, I think he comes out but and it's falls a, over. And it's and a you cool see shot because he's, like, on fire and, like, he's still going. But then he falls down because, And you like, see him, like, so melting much. away. The mask is, like, yeah. melting away. He is, he is obviously very much dead. And that was originally the plan. So Carpenter had the idea that this was going to be an anthology series. And Michael Myers was the original character he wanted to be in it. So he said, all right, we're going to do another one, but this one is going to involve an evil mask maker who's using a piece of Stonehenge to go in this mask and then has these like robots that are really amazing Android-like robots with gears inside and everything, um, going Which around. Which honestly, honestly, I, wouldn't be the dumbest thing in this movie in this series. Would not I, be the dumbest thing. I love Halloween three. It, it got <laughs> shit on so hard when it came out because everyone was like, "Where's Michael Myers? Where's Michael Myers? What is this?" And it even right. tells you it's season of the witch. And they they've said like Michael Myers is dead. This is a different one, but people still wanted it to happen. Um, but you get Tom Atkins in this, and Tom Atkins is amazing. Like we He's, all know him from Night of the Creeps, especially right. Night of the Creeps, because that's just such a, a fantastic film. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a strange film. I I love I, it. it. Honestly, like it, you could take the Halloween name away from this. This could just be a weird, fun movie in and of itself. Just like, call it Season take, of the Witch, man. That's it. Sure. That's all you like, have to take, do. Like, you, c- you could take away, like, a few direct references to the Halloween lore, and this is kind of just, like, a weird, goof- like, campy kind of 
horror movie. It's uh, so much fun, man, and it it's ends kind of refreshing only because it doesn't have anything way. to do with Michael Moore, Myers. It's because As, yeah. it's a like it's a reset in a way. Uh, it's it's still completely ridiculous. But, but that was the that was the thing. It was you know, it was Halloween three was going to be season of the witch, and Halloween four would have gone in a completely different direction. It was about each film after the second one. I don't think they would have had the same character come back. It would have been a different thing in each film. A different story right. being told. And I, I and thought that was a great concept. And especially in this one, the idea is the mask maker has made these three masks. Uh, a pumpkin, a witch, and a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And the idea is they have that, that god-awful jingle that goes oh, god. on yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly. Silver mm-hmm. Shamrock just constantly going on. It's like, eight more days till Halloween, Halloween. And I'm like, oh my God, my head is going to explode. It's so, so annoying. But like, I love, that, I love that effect when, uh, I love that effect with all the maggots and bugs and snakes coming out of that pumpkin face. As it makes she, like, no sense, down. but it's so It's no cool. sense, but so, it looks cool. Well, like, in the first time you see it happen, because, you know, this woman gets the masks, you know, and they, I guess they go and the buyers go and pick them up. And she messes with one of the chips that's fallen off, and she sees her circuitry, and this laser goes off and just obliterates her face, but, like, a bug, like, crawls out of her mouth. And you find out that this dude has made these masks. They've stolen a piece of Stonehenge, and he says at one point, oh, it was so difficult, you wouldn't believe how we got it back. And it's like, (laughs) all right, you're not going to tell us, but that's cool. Um, And then he's taken this piece of Stonehenge, and somehow... It is able to be, they've utilized it so when these kids are watching the Silver Shamrock thing, which they're trying to get them to all watch this TV thing, which is just this really shitty commercial that is going to cause people to have epileptic seizures, and I'm surprised that didn't happen when this movie came out. Oh my god, Uh, this is so epilepsy-inducing. Absolutely, and then the second the kids are watching it, and it's all focused on getting the kids to watch it, they start, you know, clawing at their head, slime and goo pours out, maggots, right. snakes come out of their mouth, spiders, and kids fall over dead. And this is they want he wants to do this to every kid on Halloween. So I think that the biggest sort of like because nobody really talks about Halloween three because it's not like by all accounts, it's not a Halloween movie. Uh as we know it from Michael Myers. But I think sure. that this, like, they tried to do something very different with this. Oh, and yeah. that's to sort of derail the idea of the slasher th- series and make it an anthology series. And I kind of wish that we could have had that because mm-hmm. I think that if it was better received, this could have had a lot more legs and probably a lot more chances for success than uh, the Michael Myers trilogy or its series did. Well, the uh, problem was is that because this didn't do so well, it got picked up by... So it went from going from Universal Studios, picked it up after it was Compass, which was uh, John Carpenter. Um, I think it was his company or something. Um, then Halloween 2 and 3 were Universal, and because 3 just it, you know it didn't do well, um, it goes to Galaxy International, and we end up getting... The Return of Michael Myers and The Revenge of Michael Myers, which people were very excited for. You know, it took six years for it to happen. And people still widely... They like 4. I know a lot of people really like 4, and I have so many issues with 4. I know it's cool that we get Daniel Harris in it, and I like the character of Jamie Lloyd, but it just... I just don't think it really works as a whole. So this is where we start to get, in my opinion... uh, the idea for like they they get interesting ideas yes uh, across and execute on like maybe two of them in the next four movies uh i think the idea of uh like the like uh, like uncle to niece sort of relationship that uh michael myers has with uh with her is like weird but kind of interesting where like the the idea of like that it's an instinct to kill like Michael did, and it's an instinct to sort of like be taken like the way that Michael is, because it like it cracks open the idea of Michael's psyche and the way that we want to try to pick apart what he is and what uh, he can mean to the world. Like it's a it's an interesting way to start to like justify making more of these movies uh, while still having Michael film, in though. them. 
once we get to four and five, they they start getting really sloppy. Yes. And, you know, it, it starts getting sloppy right away. Um, the mask in four Looks and five, bad. both of them look weird as shit. But there's a moment in four where Michael appears to throw Loomis through a door and his, his hair is blonde. For yeah, two what shots. the fuck? Like, I, clearly blonde. Clear, and it's not just lighting hitting his head. No, he is clearly blonde, and they just don't seem to give a shit. I know that the... I mean, the budget for four was five million, so it was higher than than uh, any of the other ones. And even the budget for five was three million, which was still higher than um, one, two, or three. I don't understand how there could have been so many issues with it. And there are some instances where the mask literally looks like a shitty Halloween costume version of a Michael Myers mask. Like, right. oh, it, it starts to get, like, to be, like, it's almost a parody of itself. Like, there's a few instances that it looks, like, kind of, like, clean and, like, sure. uh, spooky-like. Like, there's a couple mm. times when, it, like, specifically in her bedroom where he just, like, like, he comes up from under the bed in the vision. I was like, ooh, that looks cool. That's an interesting, like, sort of clean look for it. And then other times I'm just like... This looks like a fucking $5 Party City mask. Like, this is terrible. And, and, and there's a lot of issues with, with the mask in general. Now, 4 has some cool special effects for some of the kills in there. Uh, I think they brought John Carl Beekler in for, like, pushing the thumb through the head and another shot or two in there. That was uh, cool. Again, like, kill, kills can get creative. <clears throat> kills, you know, the kills were fine in 4. And I thought the fact that he was going after Jamie. Now, he has somehow survived being on fire and melting and then somehow disappeared. Right. Uh, so we're all this Donald whole time Pleasance, we're forgetting that he's been he's been maimed and like like de-eyed a billion times. Like he should by all accounts be dead by any normal stretch of the imagination, but like it's the fact that they go on to explain to to not explain how he can survive this. Well, Donald Pleasance has a minor burn on his face and a little bit of, you know, that little bit of scarring on there. Uh, he was right by the gas and blew up with everything. He, There's no way. He, he was incinerated. He was he, he was he would have been gone. He would have been gone. And Michael, you see him in the beginning, and I love that scene in the diner where you get that pull shot and he has the bandages all across his face. Oh, it's really, really neat. It's a then cool, they follow like, it up with one look. of the worst things that I've seen where he shoots at him. Loomis shoots directly at him. Yeah. And he's gone. Like, he magically just disappeared, and Loomis seemed right. shocked. Like, Loomis didn't see him just step to the side and walk it's away because he was staring right at him. I feel like it's this weird riff <laughs> on, like, the way that Michael Myers can seemingly disappear out of sight uh, for, to, to people that aren't, like, looking. Like, people will look away for a second, and then they look back, and he's gone. Oh, my God. But, like, there's, there's even a weird continuity error in, like, the first one where... Jamie Lee Curtis is like looking out the window and like he sees her like she sees him in like the 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 laundry that's been like hanging out in the backyard and like without breaking eye contact he's just gone again. So like she saw him run away clearly. Like and there's been all of these other types of things where it's it's these weird continuity errors. Like he's in a blonde wig. Like what? What is this movie doing? I um, I, I think I, there was some reshoots in there and then, you know, some stuff just went through and then you know, when you're when you're told then you have a deadline to get these films out, I think they were pushed into it, and Mustafa Akkad was the uh, producer for all of these, the original Halloween series. You know, he, he kept going with this, though, in this weird cult of thorn thing. I don't understand. You would have thought that he would jump in and say, all right, maybe we're not doing this right. Maybe we need to go back to what made Michael Myers Gary, I mean, that's he did the Return of Michael Myers, but for some reason, for me, there are moments that the Return of Michael Myers they're awesome, but then uh, it, it falls flat like a generic slasher film. So I I, th I think you could be right. I think it's the way that they're trying to pick up the pieces with this cult is interesting because of this uh, psychic connection. And I forgive me, I can't remember if it was this or the Curse of Michael Myers where it was revealed that. Uh, Oh, we, like it's revealed the in the curse of Michael Myers. Be, no, the no, curse. not okay, the curse. The no, no, not the curse. It's that's six. Uh, it's re in revenge. In five, it's revealed that they have this psychic connection. Right. Um, okay. Sorry. 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 Because she ends it's up murdering again, forgive me. <laughs> her st her uh, like foster mom or something like that. Uh, and at that point, I'm thinking to myself, because they were going to go a completely different route, 
And then I guess it got scrapped, so they thought, all right, we're going to make it this psychic connection instead of it being she is now the new Michael. And I think that's a completely wasted opportunity. That well, is, you know, it, that it, remember, sucks. it's I, I think there was talk about doing that, but when you look at a film like Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, which granted, this came out years afterwards, um, and that, that wasn't well received. But then again, people wanted Michael, so you can't really take Michael out of the picture again after you just brought him back. I, I understand. It's... But you don't you don't introduce these interesting ideas and then don't follow through with them or do it half-assed because again like I feel like the only yeah. sort of like cool thing that you could have done is like oh so this is how the origins of a new Michael can begin she has the instinct to kill she's like got that crazy look in her eye and mm-hmm. and now a new era can begin for a type of person like that and but again no dash it away in the next movie back well, on to so, Halloween. So the- the weird part about it is um, you have the character of Rachel who is protecting Jamie through four, the entire movie through four, only to be murdered off very quickly, probably in the first half hour of five. And then this side character who's kind of annoying, who you think is going to get killed right in the beginning, becomes then the person helping Jamie. And then this kid, Jamie meets this this kid who pretty much sacrifices himself to save her. And I think he ends up living. He jumps out of the way and he gets hurt, but I think he ends up being all right. Jamie doesn't talk in five at all. And then all of a sudden she can. Like, she gets her, her voice back. There's some cool elements in five. There's It's not a great movie, but there's some stuff in there that I appreciate. Same way in four. Five, that mask just, it looks like he barely even put the thing on his head. He doesn't tuck the thing in at all to make it look cool. He just puts the thing on. And I get people could say, well, this this is how we would do it. All right, but as a film goer, someone who's watching this, aesthetically, it looks like shit. In a weird way, this movie, like, reminds me of, like, a sort of B-side, like, Stephen King story. Dude, this reminds me of a movie made in the 90s that was straight to showtime or cinemax or just oh, yeah. straight to vh just straight to video you know but mind were... you i don't mean this beside stephen king as a compliment this is no like, i know exa- the one actually that you know what no you're you're very correct on that except beside stephen king would have more of a goofy b-movie aesthetic to it like a little cartoonish look more of oh, a yeah, no, um this... This reminds More me of a, of a cartoonish sort of thing. Like, this is not, like, good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, I always think B-side uh, Stephen King is like a Mick Garris film. You know, it has okay. that It has that look. Like, Sleepwalkers, I think, is the, the best example of that. It has this very strange look to it. Uh, I would think that so more so. This reminds me of, like, a bad Full Moon Entertainment movie from the mid-90s. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry. Place that it goes after 4 and 5 dimension films it looks like a really shitty mid-90s dimension films even even i know how bad that is that's dude well then it got picked (laughs) up not complimentary for for six seven and eight that was all dimension man that was the weinsteins so i I, i'd like to try to find like okay let's name like the top three things that are good in halloween five because i feel like we're starting to like get down to the wire of like okay we can count on one hand the things that are actually good in these movies now i think i think for halloween five uh, I, I, uh, uh. <laughs> We're struggling already. Okay, uh, I, I here. I'll say this. I I think the kills aren't even that good this time around. No, like, I will just, say I will say dropping. Goofy. I will say dropping the chain on him, but it does sum up this film in general. When Donald Pleasance has his heart attack while he's beating Michael as he's covered in a blanket of chains or a net of chains, hitting him with a two by four, yelling "Die, die, 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 yeah, die, die." That's that's so bad. But see, the problem with this film is that it gets worse because then you have this mountain man in the beginning that somehow is taking care of of Michael for a year. By the way, he's taking care of this guy for a year, Michael who has supposedly been burned in four, has hair, and totally looks... He has a little scarring on his face. This dude yeah. was fully on fire. Like, I don't understand Fire-ya. that continuity Eyeballs thing. shot out. 
Yeah, they were eyeball shout out. Magically, the guy can regenerate and heal. I guess they're going to explain that that's some magic cult of Thorn, but they don't really explain regeneration. I guess they're just oh like, this God. guy can't die. And how it's, dare this movie? I, I'm pretty sure this is the right one. This is where uh, where it's revealed that this cult has been like kind of cultivating the next Michael Myers, or this the, the, like the cult of Thorn that, is basically the reason that's like the the other doctor was like looking after Michael while he was in the asylum, and I was the one that taught him how to drive to get him out. Like yeah, so the guy you. from one, like, the how guy from dare the first you? movie. How dare the, you like try to cover up that one plot hole from the good right. movie? To be like, oh well, how can somebody like know how to drive when they've been incarcerated their whole life? No, they explain that in the first movie. In the dude, in the first movie, Donald Pleasance even says, uh, "Someone must have taught him to drive." In the first exactly. movie, but they tie it together, which I think, all right, you know what? They actually show who the person was, and it was the doctor from the first movie, just played by a different actor. In That's five. so dumb. Now, but the dumb, no, the dumb part is when the man in black, who we just see, who are like, who the hell is this guy, who we find out is his keeper in six, shows up with a machine gun, shoots up the station. God damn it. And then blows up the door, and he escapes. And then we don't get another movie for like five or six years like six years and people are like what the hell is this halloween five just ends and it's just what so then we get the so paul rudd halloween film well i i so i think i i just wanted to quick wrap up on my thoughts oh, on halloween yeah, okay. five because because i did think that this uh arc of um oh my god I, i've completely forgotten her name now our our megan our main antagonist or not our main oh, antagonist, our main heroine jamie, jamie like th i feel like this jamie trilogy was like their arc was so wasted because it oh, actually yeah. is a very good idea. It's a very good idea that completely shit the bed by the end of this movie. And this is when I started to get like mean spirited in my walk, my watch throughs of these movies, where I actually came out the other side. <laughs> I came out the other side the second that we see uh, Revenge or the Curse of Michael Myers because holy shit, I didn't know Paul Rudd like a. It's his first movie. B. He carries this entire movie. Like, this is actually great. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Which which version did you see? Did you see the producer's cut or the regular I, one? I, I saw the producer's cut because I, I had recently seen on, uh, in my search to find uh, the, uh, the what is it, the Curse of Michael Myers, that there are two versions, and I insisted yes. on knowing the producer's cut. Now, but here's the difference. If, if you watch the regular version, the cult is not explained. But the gore factor has been upped because the Weinsteins were like, we don't like this stuff. We're going to add in a ton of gore into it. So they up the gore factor. They make Donald Pleasance basically get killed off at the end where you just hear him scream when he goes back in. It's, I've seen that ending, and that sounds awful. Like that, it's absolutely, that it's absolutely terrible. And like the gore factor, one guy's head, he gets electrocuted, and his head just blows up. I mean, that kind of looks cool, but it doesn't fit a Halloween film that fits a different that fits a different horror film series like he would crush someone's head it wouldn't be electrocuted until someone's head explodes and this happens right. a few times in the film where the gore instead of Jamie being stabbed in the way she is surviving and then just getting shot in the head by the man in black and the producer's cut which is ridiculous because I was like Jamie you have to let know in the theatrical version he throws her on a thresher and then turns it on or pushes her on it, pushes her like heavily into it, and then turns it on, and it's like, damn, dude, that's okay. Ja Jamie's gone. Well, that sucks. Yeah, that's it, it, and it's a like you and again like there we'll get into like the the disservice that Jamie Lee Curtis was character was done in the last in the latter movies of this series, but like. This movie, like, this series doesn't really give a shit at this point about what came before. It really just mm -mm. tries to build on one or two things that came in front of it just well, for the sake of Well, it seems like Halloween along. 5, they were kind of like, we have no idea where we're going with Cult of Thorn. Let's throw as much weird shit as possible into this. And then when it got picked up, you know, the writers were like, okay, let's figure out what this is. Now, I will say the producer's cut is a much better film and it does tie the Cult of Thorn trilogy together in the sense in in the in the in the in the sense that it actually makes sense like it is a movie with a beginning middle and end that can like carry itself yes it's serviceable people mock it because you know 6 
the theatrical version of six is is very bad it is not a good film you know there's there's just basic generic rock in the film there's none of the john carpenter score put into it at all so it doesn't even feel like a halloween film i think the score might come in later but you have the score spread throughout the entire uh film when you're watching the producer's cut and it feels more like a halloween film you know we're going back to bringing in uh a character that we haven't seen since the first film exactly which is another great tie-in so you have who is it uh tommy right from right yeah tommy yeah yeah tommy from the first film uh doyle tommy doyle who she was babysitting uh laurie strode was babysitting in the first film he is Paul Steven Rudd, as he's labeled in the theatrical version. Which is uh, and, crazy to think that his middle name is Steven. That's and crazy. It, and it was introducing Paul Steven Rudd. And then he names the kid Steven, the baby we, who he finds. It, it, do we know how like, old oh, Paul Jesus. Rudd was in this movie? Because, again, it was his first like major role. Because uh, like, he's got to no, be no, like, no, in no, his no, early this, 20s. This, this straight up was an introducing Paul Rudd. Wow. That's this, that's this was, not, this was 96, right? So yeah. we're talking what Clueless, no Clueless was 95. No, this was 95. This was right before Clueless. This, okay, this so this was in tandem out, pretty much with Clueless. I think so. I would like to think that this came out or this was filmed in introducing before Clueless. Clueless may have come out before this film, but that's why they had it cuz I guess it was <laughs> technically what? his first credit. I'll, Point I'll being, give it to Halloween. Paul Rudd plays such a a He's so weird. Because this this movie got promoted like garbage. I remember the promotions for this were absolutely awful. The trailers were just it didn't well, like make you, sense. It just looked gr- too gritty for something they were going for. I, I don't know. I well, you mentioned like you started to talk about Paul Rudd's performance. I actually think he does a pretty good job. Like he he plays this uh, this character who is at the same time like our hero and very odd and creepy with this weird fascination uh with this cult that is a tad unsettling uh yeah in, you know in the if okay so in the producer's cut slightly less creepy because there's a reasoning with the cult thing sure way uh, more but creepy like, in the theatrical version he f- he feels like uh he feels justified but it's also because sure. of the stuff that he's gone through like I believe I believe what he's selling in this in this. Oh cut no, of the I film. I do, and I think I think this is a lot of people talk shit about this film, but I think it's a very I think it's underrated. I think um, the, uh, the producer's cut, not the sure, not the theatrical cut. Uh, I th- I think that this like this probably could have shown the most I guess promise for like a again if if we think of if we think of a movie the way that we as we know it of like okay we have a killer we have an objective we have right. a mystery to solve like this started to fill out those dots this started now, now to... it's 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 strange because this and it does it does it starts to fill out those things it does it the best that it can considering yes. what it was given with four and five but you can watch this film kind of in two ways you can watch the super gory theatrical version where there's like 17 or 18 kills or you can watch the producer's cut which has like six kills and uh, significantly less violent because they upped the gore factor for a handful of kills. I know uh, in the theatrical version, which is a strange thing to see. That that is a rare thing to happen. Normally, which is I'm, it's odd because I feel like you'd think that they would want to keep that in in the producer's cut, but I guess they wanted no, to no, kind no, of just no, no. keep the simplicity. They added that shit. They added that shit afterwards because uh the producer's cut yeah the producer's cut was what was originally made and this is what they wanted so they were like this is the original cut and then Weinstein's were like no let's let's refilm some stuff and add a lot of gore in there so they added reshoots later um and that to me is a little ridiculous i normally i like that but i don't think it really works for this film that's not that's not michael myers anyway uh that tied up the original story line and you would think it would be a lot of years before we'd get H2O. No, it's only three years until Which is we get nuts. Halloween H2O. Now, Halloween H2O, when it came out, I did not like it at all. I did not like it one bit. We had already had a ton of slashers coming out, and then this thing comes out, and I hated it when it came out. And I originally thought to myself, you know, there's barely any kills in this. Nothing happens. Then I watched it a few years later, and for some reason, I liked it. 
And I said, you know, this movie isn't that bad. Then I watched this movie again. And I hate this movie <laughs> so much. Okay, so I think that I would... Um, I think only... I, I would be more sparing to this movie only because I have seen this most recent Halloween movie where... Oh, so we've done this before. We've tried to give Laurie Strode the kind of catharsis or, uh, like, returning arc that she kind of deserves. So, like, this is the first movie that, like, kind of washes away everything but one and two... Uh, and we we just we're just kind of build up. I think this is twenty years after her first H2O, encounter with Michael. Yeah. So twenty, yeah, so Halloween, and it's yeah. it's twenty years, twenty years after, and twenty years after, or twenty years after the first film was made. So came out in ninety eight. It is the shortest of all the Halloween films. It is very short, actually. The opening scene takes up ten minutes. Two of the three kills are off screen. That third kill is the shittiest throat slit I have seen in a long time. It's it's a bad one. Um, I and think only it's very. This is very very like dialogue and plot heavy. That like this is way too. This slow was a post. Dude, this was a post scream film. This was this was meant to be a to take advantage of that post scream. Um, you know, meta horror because they oh, even for sure. bring that shit up. Scream two is playing in the background in part of this movie and that is part of the issue which um, it, it's kind of crazy to think of how how much scream changed the landscape uh, the immediate landscape of horror movies because they were like oh shit audiences are smart now we can't do that same shit uh right. we've got to be like we got to at least try to act smart <laughs> and uh, for a lot of those cases, it's it doesn't really show because you don't know what movie to make. Uh, yeah, and, and in, the, in this case, they didn't know what movie to make. Now, the problem we, we run into here is we have Steve Miner directing. He directed uh, Friday the 13th, Part 2 and 3. Okay, those are both weird in continuity, but I enjoy them both in different ways. In, in this one, Laurie Strode is now going by the name Carrie Tate. She drinks a ton now, which, you know, they follow that up and they keep that actually going in the in the newer film with the drinking and everything this film screams 90s it is it, to me it's everything that's wrong with the, the 90s just put into a film uh because it, you know, it's you very generic 90s uh movie making and it, it like it it shies away from everything that a halloween movies are and b compelling like drama would be like i feel like that's like they tried to make this into like this like this heavy movie like this heavy drama movie the uh, shortest heavy drama movie of all time because right? the opening the opening 10 minutes is just joseph gordon levitt and his buddy little baby joseph gordon in levitt in very weird ways where you just find their bodies and then you have this woman who who gets killed so that's pretty much half your kills right in the first few minutes of the movie then it's Michael wearing a mask that changes in long shots, because I guess the original one, which you can see online, it looks puffy and, like, cartoony, like Casper the Friendly Ghost put on some hair and is yeah, like, good. hey, I'm here to scare you. So you can see it change throughout the movie, and then at one point there's a CG overlay. Like, when he's going to kill uh, Jody Lynn O'Keefe's character. It looks bad. It's Or no, was it Jody Lynn O'Keefe's character, or was it... um. Uh, the the other guy, uh, Adam Bird's character. I think it. Oh uh, no! It was it was either. the guy. It was the guy. Yeah, and and it was it was such a really shitty CG overlay. It's so noticeable this time. He gets killed off screen, so like half the kills are even off screen at this point. They do that whole LL Cool J. Hey, we're kind of stalking you, but we're not stalking <laughs> you, but we are. The comic relief because now you have to have that in any movie that's that was in the '90s post Scream, which I, normally I wasn't happening. This also begins, uh, and we will get to this in Resurrection, oh, the Jesus. streak of my favorite celebrity cameos, probably, e no, not not cameos, just starring roles yeah. ever yeah. In, in film. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, as we're going through H2O, you know, you have Michelle Williams. She was just doing Dawson's Creek at that point. You have Josh Hartnett. This is his first role, and then he's going to do The Faculty right after this. Um, so he's about to take off. Uh, Hello, <laughs> yeah, cool he Jay. is. Janet Lee. So, you know, we all know her from Psycho and being the mother of, of Jamie Lee Curtis. She Big shows stars. Up, she shows up as her, like, secretary. 
and it is so ham-fisted. There's like three or four psycho references. So ham-fisted in that scene. Yeah. She drives off clearly in the car. Like, we I... get the same music. She says, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you, which is the exact thing that Norman Bates says to her. Like, or I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you jump. Sorry. Or, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a very, oh, very, God. very, like, trite thing to do in a movie that's, like, clearly got no better ideas. No, that was, that was... That was that was the '90s, man. Anything that was being redone, or anything that was like, "Oh, we have this person who's coming into this. Let's tie in for a little wink and a nod." It does not hold up. I didn't even like it at the time. We get lackluster kills barely anymore. We get we get Jodie Lynn O'Keefe's character gets killed, and then I feel like there's one more. Oh, oh Adam Arkin gets stabbed in the back, and that's it. Sure. So, but like, the, I think the main takeaway is that. Uh, this movie does what I wanted the uh, the new Halloween to do, and it's like Laurie Strode gets a revenge on Michael Myers, killing him. And uh, if we just if we just watch that, uh, I think that's a like that's an interesting ending. That's a deserving ending for Laurie, Laurie Strode. That's a uh, I I I I could respect that only by what its plot did. You know uh, what? Sure, a, okay, I'll give you that. I'll it's give respectable. You that. I could say I, that. You know, I will give you that, but turn it off immediately because if you watch any Don't. of the ending credits, you get Creed. You get Creed playing <laughs> What's This Life For? It Yo. is the cheesiest bullshit I have ever heard in a movie, and then it made me hate this movie to the core. You gotta, Not, you gotta oh. understand Creed had a big decade in the 90s. They had a big oh. 10 years from like 98 to oh something. So, it, <laughs> Maybe no. 5 years. Maybe they had a hot 5 years. Do- doesn't specific- matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter cuz they got into a Halloween. Put- putting that into the film as a thing and then going so cheesy with like a song like no, it ruins everything. <sighs> everything about it plus they had set it up for a sequel by having him grab at his mask because they were like how do we bring him back and they're like well we want to behead him and they're like all right but we want to bring him back all right so, well if you do something we we're, we'll set it up for a potential for him grabbing at the mask right yep and holy they, they shit that. i think i think when when we get to halloween resurrection i think this movie actively extends a middle finger to anybody watching it and here's is- the fucked up thing about that. The director of Halloween Resurrection was Rick Rosenthal, the director <laughs> of Halloween 2. Right? What the That's f- what crazy what is going on? What what is happening here? So This this basically just takes a shit on the entire franchise. It does. It no, like if you if I ever liked Halloween, which I did for quite a few movies actually. Uh this is like Fuck you for ever liking Halloween. We're gonna f- like we are gonna fuck this movie's like legacy into the ground. It's terrible, it and the... it's kind of I kind of love it because of how terrible it is. Here's, because here's it actively about... doesn't need to, it, like it doesn't need to exist. Like nobody Here... could count this movie. Here's the thing about these films: Halloween started following other franchises, and you can see that with H two O. Actually, no, it's it's been doing that since. So it pioneered, and then once. Re- turn of michael myers came after they tried something different it started following the slasher films of the 80s right everything that had already come and passed pretty much by that point then in the 90s it tries to do this kind of thriller thing you know for the dimension one and it it fails on that then we get h2o and it's following up on scream success then it's following up on the the glut of films we got right after post scream Kind of like um, House on Haunted Hill or Ghost Ship. Kind of in the way of we're going to go really ridiculous with this and we're going to have a bunch of cameras everywhere and make it look all weird and put a bunch of... It's super glossy. Like they went overly high gloss when they didn't need to. And that's kind of where those... And it's it's, it's, it's actually kind of... Early aught films. It's actually kind of crazy to see the types of movie because you're you are absolutely right with H2O and you are definitely right with this because if you have a general idea of what movies were out at the time and like popular and big hits, Halloween like began to follow trends rather than set them for a lo- for quite a while, uh, pretty right. much after four, uh, mm-hmm. and this is the most egregious example of it. Uh, because like just like the main things to take away from this movie are. Okay, 
okay. Uh, wow, I can't. Like, I needed to well, stop well, because it's, it's so it, so it, stupid. It, it, it's uh, first off. Once again, don't go into Michael's house because uh, he apparently comes back there all the time to kill people. And that's that's the first thing. The second one is you kill off Laurie Strode right in the beginning. There's an egregious use of slow motion in this movie, like to to a degree. I mean, it's it's insane. The shake of the door that they do with the camera shake, you oh, can it's terrible. tell was done in post production and absolutely god awful. They break. He walks through the door like he's with Jason a headbutt. Voorhees it's with a, a headbutt. It, it's so it's, funny. Mm, it's a train wreck of a film. Laurie does the dumbest thing by trying to check the mask, and then Again. gets stabbed. Stabbed and falls. I'm not saying. I'm saying she didn't die. You know what? She got stabbed and she fell. Other crazy shit happens in these movies all the no, time. People survive I'm, some of the dumbest stuff. Nah, so I see this movie as a complete like Saturday morning cartoon. Like we let's just unmake everything that Halloween is, and. Oh. In, and I didn't say that I hate this movie yet because I kind of love it. I only love it because of how, like, unabe- like it is actively trying to, like, just destroy the legacy of Halloween. Like, it if, seriously if you wanna is. Watch, if you want to watch a very, it, it is bloody at times, but if you want to watch a very piece of shit Halloween film that is just absolutely absurd and ridiculous, where Buster Rhymes... Does Kung Buster Fu? Buster Rhymes kills and he, Michael Myers. What? Well, how could I hate a movie like that? How could wait, which, I possibly? I mean, he kind of yeah. He kicks him out of he a window. He electrocutes him into the nuts. He electrocutes it's him so in good. his nuts. He yeah. He essentially defeats Michael Myers. It is absolutely absurd. Oh my God, Tyra Banks is in this. What? Tyra Banks is in it, and they cut her death scene, her on-camera death scene, because you can watch a clip of it, and it is. It's real bad. I it's mean, it's so the, funny. He, kinda, he tries choking her, and she has this weird reaction of, uh, 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 like, she's, it's absolutely awful. You can tell you why got, they cut it. You got oh. Buster Rhymes for multiple days on set. No, he just, was like a main, no, they got him as oh, the yeah. lead pretty it's, much in this film. It is magnificent. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I, I think Buster Rhymes is entertaining as hell in this film. Oh, I love him. I, don't, I absolutely I, love him. I hate what they did to this franchise. I saw this movie in theaters, and I was so disappointed. See, it's, like, it's, in a weird way, like, Halloween Resurrection is a bit of a, just, it's a release. Like, all of the, all of the bad ideas that we were, like, half-cocked going into for all of these other movies that, like, oh, we didn't, like, we had an interesting idea, but we didn't follow up on it, or, like, uh, we, we didn't really make that good of a movie for, you know, a slasher film or something like that. Let's just go full gonzo. Let's go, like, off the deep end, crazy dumb. Well, what was popular in the early aughts? It was reality TV. So they, someone thought, hey, let's revitalize Michael Myers again by putting him on in, in with mixing him with reality TV show. Like, that's absolutely absurd. You know, actually, that could work in a way. But it, it, it did but like, not in this. He stays hiding in the house for the entire movie. Basically, he could have killed people off at any point. At any point. He could have just gone in there, just slapped, you know, stabbed everyone to death. People really were beating the shit out of him. And I'm like, wait, if Laurie Strode gets killed right away by you, and somehow everyone else can at least, well... Sean Patrick Thomas gets shish kebobbed on a door, and that was that was kind of cool looking. But that that's was... funny. I I and will then... say it was pretty funny when like the real Michael Myers was in the basement with the fake Michael Myers, and they're like, "Hey man, do your job," and he's just like, "Okay." And then yeah, he but just that's goes Michael like... Myers. That's the thing. It's like that would never happen. That's the we- that's, that's that's where people were just. It was a parody of itself. Exactly. I know. At, at I... that point, yeah. I don't know why, uh, but I came out the other side. Like, I loved that. I thought that was so dumb and so funny. And, and getting uh, saved by text message as this guy's watching a live stream, sending text messages. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, my God, they're adding elements of Galaxy Quest in this, too. This is they're, insane. They just don't give a so, shit. I, okay. So, again, I, it's, it's this weird release that I feel where you're just like, fuck it, man. 
fuck it actually dude fuck it. with like, this with this care. cast it with this cast it is a whole f- it is really fuck it because it's tyra banks ryan merriman thomas ian nicholas like rookie of the year you know american right? pie katie sackoff from uh from 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 um battlestar galactica oh and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, so like she's in this, and then she gets her head chopped off, which that's a pretty funny scene. Um, so, like, I, 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 I will say this: Halloween and Buster Resurrection, rhymes, man. It Buster rhymes. I, I, w- I like, I like at first glance, like it's the worst of the bunch, but yeah. it's the most <laughs> fun I had with a Halloween movie in quite a few movies. Oh, if you're watching all of them in order, this is the release where you can just laugh and and. It, oh my it god! It's one of the dumbest films that I've ever seen. But then again, these films, there's not a lot of logic going on in them. No, but I, I mean, if you want the one with the least logic, and if you want the one that's the most funny and the most just out there, and it's not trying, and by not trying, it achieves so much <laughs> in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like Halloween Resurrection deserves something. It, it, because it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, it, yeah, it's I mean, it, fascinatingly it's, it's bad. the epitome of. It's literally the epitome of generic. It, but then again, a lot of these films for a while, it was the epitome of generic for the time. This, I think, is the most egregious, just due to the fact that the early two thousands were. It was a wild time making Ooh, movies. It was a it was a wild time. It, we were we were doing of, some it, weird stuff. Like Fast and the Furious was going on. Like it was pop a culture references. Very, oh yeah, insane. reality TV was the biggest thing that they were putting in stuff, and that's that I think is what kills this. I uh, oh for especially sure, especially because it's it's the novelty of it that they're doing with it. It really just and, and really just killing off Laurie Strode in the beginning. That was just. It sours people for the rest of the entire experience. Absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. like, I think to kind of wrap up here, uh, this was an exhausting, uh, fascinating uh, time. Uh, I, I would. It's, it's it's the same, but at the same time, it's it, when you say exhausting, I agree with you because it's the same tropes over and over. Like, if you like one, two, seven, and eight, it's Laurie Strode. Four, five, six. It's going after Jamie Lloyd. Part six. It's Jamie Lloyd. Basically, in every movie minus three, Michael is trying to kill a family member. And then in in part six and eight, the only difference is you die because you're inside Michael's house. So I, I mean, this is and and also family members in six a ton and eight as well. So, I mean, the whole movie it's just insane. Like. It's hitting the same tropes over and over and over and over and over. Yet, after seeing all this, as I said in the beginning, I am so happy that I did this because now I want to go see the new Halloween again. <laughs> and I think I'm going to love it that much more going into it. You so know? I, I, I when, think, I get, when I come out of it, I mean. yeah. I, I think coming out of this, I would say that the Halloween series had... Uh, quite a lot of ideas thrown at it from 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 such humble beginnings as a very simple like i i've said before that like oh it's jaws but he's a person like i i would say that's an apt comparison like Mm -hmm. those that's where they that's where it came from and the things that they tried to build off it like they were ambitious and like a lot of those ideas were fairly good none of them i think could encapsulate what one and two did as far as like bringing home a consistently good story. Uh, outside of that, uh, you could just be along for an interesting ride with three. And four onwards, uh, you're in it for what you want, I think. Uh, if, you're, yeah. if you like those ideas, uh, go for it. But by the time you get to Resurrection, you better not be taking anything seriously. Because especially after H2O and now Resurrection, uh, just, again, throw your arms up in the air and say, fuck it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm always an advocate of watch them all, but, and then just, you know, kind of make your own opinions on it. Because some people are going to love ones that that I hate or that you hate. Um, But my personal choices are, you know, watch one and two. 
and then watch the new one and then watch season of the witch on its own but yeah don't like literally it like, don't even, film. like save season of the witch for just a one-off night because like it has oh, yeah. nothing to do with anything if, if you want to see just a weird it's almost like because it's not it's bad almost, it, it's like it's, it's not it's awful. very like sci-fi though it's almost like sci-fi more than it is it's very i mean it's horror definitely it felt like a tales from the crypt movie it felt like a you know like a like a little pulpy story it, it was it was good like it was all right um, yeah, I I really enjoy I enjoy uh, Halloween three. I mean, it's a cult classic now. Uh, Silver Shamrock is it, it's amazing. People you know uh, do stuff with that every single year now. So it's it's now come into the mainstream, which is which is great. Uh, four, five, and six. I think six people like more now. Four and five. Oh God, I just can't. It has some great moments in four and five, but I just can't. Yeah, no, that's where you would want to start to throw in the towel if you don't have anything else. And I, I, I'm sorry, but Halloween H2O, no. I, I think her finally hitting him with the axe at the end is a cool scene. <laughs> but I think him, it, it's so, it almost looks like a romance novel when she's moving through and the wind is moving the curtains and she's walking does. through. And then he, he just moves down with one arm, which they've done this in a couple of the films where he drops down with one arm from, from a beam from nowhere. Uh and it's that that's I don't like that either. And they started it's, doing it's that, I think, it's in a lot, six man. and then seven and then eight. It's it's not it's not good. And I, I don't like eight. But if you want something to laugh at for being really dumb, watch eight. Actually, if oh, you want sure, something really eight. dumb to watch, just watch seven and eight together. Why not? Yeah, why not? All right. I think I think at the end of this journey, we uh, we have finally come to an end uh, oh, yeah. f- for the for the Halloween franchise. Uh that is going to do it for the week of uh, the this week and the month of October, and for Halloween Day. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to all of these episodes. We've been uh, getting to know and like we we've been seeing a lot of you guys that are new to the show and listening to the show for the first time. Thank you so much for joining us. Along with that, we'll be back to our uh, regularly scheduled release dates of. Uh, Tuesdays once a week uh, for this uh, November, and then we'll be sprinkling a couple of extra things uh, along your way uh, in the coming weeks and months for the rest of that. But uh, until then, uh, this has been Oh the Horror. We can be found pretty much anywhere on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. Be sure to check us out there. If you want to send us suggestions, be sure to check out Oh the Horrorcast at gmail.com just to send us some love or whatever you'd like to send us. Uh, and uh, we can be found uh, just giving you the great stuff uh, on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, until next time, I'm Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll see you next time. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.